What is going on, everyone? This is Zach from Clutch Crew Sports, back with another podcast episode. And here on today's episode, we're going to talk about NFL training camp storylines. So uh, some of the biggest news around the league, around the shield regarding the NFL, talking about different um, things you might be hearing in the news and as they relate to training camp. So it's going to be a fun sort of discussion to get the NFL season started. And let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. Yo, what's up, everyone? It's Eric, the ranting co-host here. Uh, glad to be back. It, you know, it feels weird when we're not able to do these every week with not much sports going on. So glad to be back together for another episode and uh, hope you guys enjoy. What's up, guys? It's Connor, the co-host with the most. And yeah, like Eric said, glad to be back doing this. You know, this has been our first like real normal podcast episode in a while. I know we did technically did the podcast last week, but that was just me mopping the floor with Zach and Sports Jeopardy. But, um, you know, it's good. (laughs) Shots fired. Um, But yeah, good good to just have, you know, a normal episode again. Uh, It's been a while since we've had one of these. Yeah, no, definitely. I Honestly, I can't even remember the last time all three of us did a normal episode. You know, it's, it's <laughs> over a month for sure. So, uh, but, you know, we've been making all this YouTube content on our own. So it's not like we've been away from the microphone itself, you know, but um, the, these podcasts are different than the solo style videos. Um, so, like I said, this is going to be all talk around the shield. Um, that's primarily what we're going to be focusing on. And I've kind of divided up today's topics in the four groups we've got the off the field storylines going on of course those are always big uh the quarterback battles i think that's really what training camp every year there's a few teams that have these court qb battles they don't name a starter and so there's always like a, a competition so we'll get into that um some contract situations either guys you know, that could be traded or just don't have a contract that they're that they, you know, should have and how that impacts training camp, you know, being away from the team for a while and just the uncertainty around that. And then old name, new places, talking about a few of the guys, you know, big name quarterbacks that jump to new teams. So we'll talk about that. Um, and, and yeah, so. Let's get things started with the off the field. And this year's off the field stuff has been even bigger than than it was last year. Honestly, it, it's one of the biggest, you know, off the field headlines and since I can remember. But we'll start with the first one, which is Deshaun Watson. Obviously, we all know the independent ruler, the independent judge gave uh, Deshaun Watson a six game suspension. She wrote a whole report, um, I think it was like 18 pages of her facts of findings, which, you know, that's the information the NFL has on its appeal that it can use. It it has to use those facts of findings. Now, it was also interesting, you know, this is, um, I think if you haven't followed the story super, super closely, you might and understandably think that six games is not enough. However, the NFL was only looking at five of his accusers complaints. They only interviewed, I think four or five of them. So they weren't looking at Deshaun Watson with 25 lawsuits. They were looking at him with only five. 
um, which is, you know, something that I think most people wouldn't know. Um, and I think that's why it was only six games handed out from the judge. I think if she'd been looking at it from all 25, I think it would have been bigger. But um, the NFL appealed the six-game suspension. Obviously, they didn't feel that was enough. They they wanted a whole season, possibly indefinite. Um, so clearly, they want more. I think they're going to end up coming to a, con- a middle ground, so to say, of like a 10 to 12 games. I don't think it'll be a full season. I think... You know, the that if they tried to go to a full season, I think that would um, it would just kind of be a little bit of a bad look that it's like, hey, why do you even have this judge if you're just going to go with what you were going to go with originally? What's the point of even having all this? And then, you know, the it it just seems like that'd be a massive increase to go to a whole season. So I think what they're going to end up doing is kind of where it probably should have been originally be like 10, 12 games around that ballpark, which. That's even though that's not a whole season that might not please everybody, but that's three quarter. That's a big chunk of the season for the Browns not having their quarterback. So the Browns season, if he misses 10 to 12 games, is going to be heavily disrupted. If it's only six, there's still a chance for him. But um, Eric, I'll start with you first. Uh, What were your thoughts when you first heard about the suspension? What do you feel like happens when the NFL makes its new ruling? Um, obviously nobody's going to be happy with this. This is not a situation where you can please everybody, but um, what do you think happens with Watson here? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think you summed that up pretty well. I, I agree. I think it's probably going to go to about 10 to 12 games. Um, personally, like my feelings have been pretty torn on it because obviously if, you know, everything he did or if everything that all these accusers are saying he did is true, then, I mean, it should be an indefinite suspension. I mean, a year minimum. But the thing is for me and like what makes me be torn on it, you know, instead of, re- you know, versus like reacting emotionally is that, you know, there still hasn't really been any evidence presented. I mean, it didn't even end up going to trial and, you know, he they ended up getting settlements with all of them and never went to court like you know they've had all the the accusers and their lawyers and everybody have had like all this time to you know bring forth all this like they've had against them but it's but if that's the case like why hasn't it really been you know brought forth into the light ever so so part of that makes me feel like yeah I don't I don't think he's completely clean like I don't think he's not guilty or anything but I feel like it's definitely been overblown most likely. So it's, I'm torn on where to feel about the suspension, but, but I mean, anywhere from, you know, like eight to 12 games, I think is right. Just based on the, you know, evidence that we have, I think, but like I said, if there was like crazy evidence that he like, you know, really did what they're saying he did, or if he like raped them or something, then, you know, he should be gone. But we, we just don't have the evidence that proves that. Yeah, so uh, I will say the judge, she did actually find him guilty. She found him at fault um, of lying and of committing some of these things that the accusations have been. I don't think any any of the accusations came to the level of rape, but um, but either way, it's still not good. I mean, obviously, his reputation yeah. is tarnished, whether you believe it or not, people are going to believe it, so... 
Uh, Connor, do you just have anything else to add on to this before we go on? I know this is like the biggest of the big news, so <laughs> yeah. that's why I wanted to get both of your eyes as his word. I mean, it. yeah, I mean, I was going to say that I actually wouldn't be surprised if they go to a full season. Like, I would disagree that I think it's set in stone that it's going to be 10 to 12 because, like, no matter what happens, it's going to increase. And no matter what happens, the NFLPA is going to sue them anyway. Like, it doesn't matter if they increase it by two games, they're going to get sued. So like at that point, it's like, okay, well, then who cares anymore? Like, I might as well just go with what we wanted to do if they're going to sue us no matter what. So, you know, I think I don't think it's set in stone. That's going to be 10 to 12. And I will say for him, like the fact that none of them have gone to trial to me really doesn't clear him at all, because civil cases in general rarely go to trial ever, no matter what the case is. And the situation behind these, like unless they were like physically assaulted there's really never any way to prove that any of these actually happen you just have to go by mouth of word word of mouth that was the wrong way to word that (laughs) um you just have to go by word of mouth so you know and it's one of those things that you know depending on what side of the fence you're on you know not taking sides or anything but you know some people when you set when you settle all these cases to some people that's like, you know, a sign of, oh, there's not enough evidence, blah, 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 blah. But to others, that's an admission of guilt. Because, like I said, civil cases rarely go to trial. So I don't think it's set in stone that it could be 10 to 12 games just because, like I said, they're going to get sued anyway. So if we're going to get sued, we might as well just go. But it definitely, like you said, impacts the Brown season because if, you know, if he ends up being suspended for, like I said, even if it's 12 games, it's like, the Browns went from a potential playoff contender to they could possibly finish last in the division because we've seen how bad Jacoby Brissett is. And, you know, you can have all the talent in the world on your team. If your quarterback isn't good, then, you know, it's pretty much game over for you. So it's definitely something I know the Browns and the rest of everyone's anticipating. And I feel like for the rest of, I speak for probably everyone saying, I just want this to be over. Like, I'm ready oh, to hear yeah. about I'm ready to hear about something else besides this. Like it's basically been a two year saga now. And it's like, can we just move on? Like oh geez. Yeah. For sure, man. It's it's uh I mean, it's just a bad look, I think, for the league. I Browns fans, I honestly I feel a little bad for them being in this situation. Like, you know, they didn't ask for a, this kind of a controversy quarterback and then they give him all they gave him all the money it's like traded away all the draft picks yeah it's it's this is huge i mean this is and it's it's gonna be real just like awkward if he ends up playing and then the announcers like praising him for a, a great pass it's like is that gonna turn some people away but i mean the nfl as we know always when it has challenges like covid or other things, you know, they usually end up coming out on top. So I, I think that's what will happen with this. I think eventually we'll get over the suspension, whatever it is. And, you know, our lives will go back to how they were before. <laughs> um, but the other big off the field storyline that, you know, came out, I don't think this was a, this was definitely not a coincidence. The NFL dropped this the day after Deshaun Watson um, to try and take off some of the heat for that thing. But uh, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, um, fined I think one or two million dollars. They've they've lost one first round pick, a third round pick. Um, I know he's like 
suspended from the team or something for six weeks, which which is a joke, honestly. Six, uh, the fact that it's, it's actually six months, I think, other than six weeks. Oh, six months. I thought it was six weeks, but oh, um, wait, no, no, I, no. Hold on. I think it's. I don't think it's either of those. Actually, I think it's half the season. Is he suspended for half the season or something like that? Like the other okay. person who got suspended got suspended for the whole year, but he's suspended for like half the season or something like that. Gotcha. Well, yeah, so he's got a suspension, but still a joke, but I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, the one million dollar fine was a joke. To, I mean, that's like pocket change for these billionaire owners. But um, <laughs> but so this was honestly, it was twofold. So the NFL, obviously, everybody knows that the NFL was going to say the Dolphins didn't tank. Because if they admitted the Dolphins tank, there would have been lawsuits. You know, they would have had so much more to deal with if the Dolphins had. I mean, Congress might have gotten involved. Like, this is just something the NFL. We honestly, we won't know if the Dolphins truly. Obviously, Flores didn't tank, but you know the intentions were there to tank. Um, and and so this punishment was for the tampering thing with Brady for two two seasons they tried to tamper with the Patriots and Buccaneers you know when Brady was a member of of those teams and then Sean Payton from the Saints so I mean clearly you know tampering is something that is often occurs you know it's it definitely happens everybody everybody does it um they just went to another level with it I think and then also too this is sort of their informal tanking punishment i think um the nfl isn't going to say that they were punishing them for tanking they're going to say they punished them for tampering and that's why they made it so severe but honestly i think it, it should have been more based on what flores has said who i i trust flores out of everybody in this situation but um but yeah the dolphins i think are lucky to only lose what they lost uh eric what what do you think about this uh this dolphin situation. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man. I, I think they should have got punished more just based on what I've heard so far. Like I haven't, I mean, I will admit I haven't researched this as yeah, much as most people, but the main, I'm, the draft picks, not so much. Like I felt like, I mean, cause losing a first round pick is pretty substantial. You know, the third round pick is probably like whatever, but that, and that's a future year, but, but I mean, you know, what the what these guys got fined is like a million dollars or whatever when they're, you know, multi billionaires. I mean, that that's a joke. That's not that doesn't hurt them in any way at all. So um I think what would have been more punishable would have been if they had done something like um, you know, maybe even more draft picks or I don't know if they can do this, but you know, if maybe done some kind of like instead of a, the owner paying a million dollars, like take a certain amount of money, like off of their salary cap for a season, or, like next year or something like they get like five million or, for, or force them to give or, up the ownership of the team. And well, yeah, that would be. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. But if, if they would have done that, then they would have admitted that they that would have opened up the lawsuits for tanking. If, oh, yeah. So that's why I'm saying that's probably what should have happened. But I mean, yeah. there was no chance of that happening. No, I mean, I I was going to say, too, like, I mean, like you said about with Flores, like, I definitely agree with you that I agree with Flores, because, like, I mean, especially given the way that he left the team, it's like who fires their head coach like, you know, 
when a team that was supposed to be rebuilding came within like a half game of the playoffs, just about like who fires their coach in that situation. Like clearly they knew that he was going to try and expose what was going on and they didn't want him around anymore. They didn't want to be associated with him anymore. It's not like, you know, it's not like they had had two straight seasons of being like, you know, three and 14 or whatever. And you know, that was justifiable. Like that was the biggest head scratcher of head coach firings that I've had in a while where I was like, really? Like they fired Brian Flores. Like that was dumb. So well, yeah, I, I it, remember their basis <laughs> on that was that like him and Tua didn't get along. And so they wanted to keep Tua over him is what that's, that's what was said when he first got fired, but that was still pretty sketchy. I mean, that was clearly it. The reason he was fired is because they were going to make Sean Payton, the like Brady and Sean <laughs> yeah. Payton were this close if it the Flores honestly prevented all that, if and that's why Brady did his weird retirement thing and Sean Payton did his retirement. Like if Flores hadn't if he was if he just kept quiet and not, you know, said anything that would have ended up happening. And uh, that that's why they did it ultimately, I think. And, you know, they're they're going to suffer for it, uh, obviously, with losing the draft pick. But uh, let's move along now to um, to other on the field sort of topics and talk about the QB battle. So there's really, you know, three teams in my eyes that have these battles going on, and some of them are more of a battle than others. But uh, we'll start with the first one. The Carolina Panthers have two guys from the same draft class picked in the first round, Sam Darnold and, uh, and uh, Baker Mayfield competing. And right now it seems like... Um, you know, Sam Darnold, they're saying, knows the offense better. So that's why he's not, you know, that's why Baker hasn't completely won the job yet. I do think this is more of just a formality thing, a sort of make him prove it. If Baker looks terrible, then they can say, oh, we never made Baker the starter. Um, so, like, you know, maybe throw Sam Darnold out week one, week one, see if he struggles, which he probably will, then go to Baker. Um, but... Connor, what do you think about this battle? Do you think it's it's truly a legit thing? Do you think it's a sham? Do you think uh, Darnold has any chance really of winning this or what? I mean, if it is truly a legit competition, then the Panthers need to seriously be questioning their uh, decision making because, you know, I'm not exactly the biggest Baker Mayfield fan, but he's a huge upgrade over Sam Darnold. Like, there should be no doubt. I mean, like, you know, I know there's I can somewhat believe the argument of like oh well he doesn't know the offense and blah 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 but like you know there should be no doubt in my mind that Baker Mayfield should be the QB week one and for the whole season like you know it's it's even one of those things like if Baker were to struggle it's like you know bringing in Sam Darnold wouldn't do much better like you know if, if I was the Panthers actually like if I, you know, I would start Baker and if he would start to struggle, I would bring in Matt Corral instead, because I think they just need to move on from Sam Darnold. Like he's, he, he should be done as a starting quarterback in the NFL. No, I agree. And that's why they even brought in Baker is because they weren't impressed with, with Darnold and, and the OTAs and such. So yeah, it seems weird that it's taking this long and it's really going to hurt Mayfield because he's not getting all the number one reps. They're doing sort of a day-to-day thing. Sam plays with all the ones on Monday. Baker plays with all the ones on Tuesday. But um, we've also in the NFC got the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, two guys with, you know, less expectations in that quarterback <laughs> battle. Um, being Geno Smith and Drew Locke. I think 
honestly, I think they want uh, Geno Smith to win. I think, um, I think Geno Smith will end up winning just because Drew Locke is kind of reckless with the football, throws a lot of interceptions, not a great decision maker. They're obviously going to want to go to a, a run first style team, and I think obviously he also has familiarity with the offense being Russell Wilson's backup. But I think Pete Carroll's is in one of these sort of like um, Bill Belichick phase of like moving on from his great quarterback and he's going to try and show the world, you know, that he can do it with Geno Smith and try and make that (laughs) make him look like a better head coach. And as silly as it sounds, honestly, I think that's what's going to happen. I don't think Jimmy G is going to go there or some other, you know, wild card in play. But um, Eric, who do you think ends up winning this uh, QB battle? I think it's a lock. That Geno Smith is going to get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they're both terrible. But, you know, like you said, Geno Smith has familiarity with the offense. He's played with these guys. You know, he's played with Lockett and Metcalf. He he knows the system better. And, I mean, it is kind of sad for, you know, Drew Locke, though, that, you know, you can't even beat out Geno Smith for the quarterback job. I mean, I don't know. It's just... I forgot he existed until last year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be Geno Smith, but I know my friend Andy, he's a big Seahawks fan and he hates Geno Smith with every fiber in his being. But I, I think, he, I still think if I had to guess, he would probably still want Geno over Drew Locke just because of how bad he is. So I don't know, man. It's crazy because I haven't done my Seahawks preview yet, but I do feel like they have some good pieces on that team, especially on the uh, offensive side of the ball. But this, this quarterback situation is really going to, you know, hinder them, I think. Yeah, for sure. And uh, last but not least, getting to uh, Connor's Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, This is another, this is a case of uh, seems like the veterans going to get the upper hand and, and start, but I know you've been very critical about Mitch Trubisky. Do you have anything positive to say if he's the week one starter or are you, uh, are you just ready for picket time? I mean, the positive thing that I would have coming out of him being the week one starter would be that it wouldn't be Mason Rudolph because like, <laughs> I, I saw this like thing posted on Facebook on the Steelers page about like, Oh, someone had posted the training camp stats or whatever. And Rudolph was leading the way he had like, you know, 450 yards and like 11 touchdowns and no picks. And like Trubisky had like 300 yards and eight touchdowns and two picks. And I'm like, okay, well, like, first of all, like Mason knows the offense. That's kind of not surprising, but like, there's no way that Mason Rudolph should ever be starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers ever again. Like he has pretty much proven that he sucks. And the only reason why he's still around right now is because he's still under contract. But once he's under contract, he's going to be gone. So, I mean, you know, I, there is a little bit in my mind that thinks hopefully Trubisky can do something, but I mean, for the most part, I'm ready for Kenny Pickett. Like I'm ready for to for the new QB to get in and get started. I mean, we took him in the first round, so you know, you know, if we had taken him in the third round, like how the Panthers had done with Corral and the the Falcons with Ritter and the Titans with Willis, then like I wouldn't be. You know, I'd probably more be more willing to give him time, but like you know, we picked him in the first round, so. You know, especially when there's no clear better option. Like if we had, you know, <clears throat> I almost don't want to think about this, but if we had like Andy Dalton, for example, 
Like I'd be okay with Andy Dalton, like starting for the season and letting Pickett sit behind him for a year. But when it's Mitch Trubisky, like uh, it's, it's, I'm just ready for Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Come on, man. You don't want Mitchell, David Trubisky throwing the ball out there. I mean, he was a pro bowler as like a fourth alternate or something. He, he's a, he's a Nickelodeon game of the week award winner. <laughs> I do, I do on, always man. laugh. I do always laugh at the whole Pro Bowl thing. I'm like, he had a Pro Bowl, and I'm like, the way the Pro Bowl works these days, like there are so many alternates that end up getting spots in the Pro Bowl because so many people sit it out. Like, who even is a Pro Bowler anymore? Like, like the yeah, only I, people I could probably get in the Pro Bowl if I tried, you know? <laughs> right? Like the only people that I really consider Pro Bowlers at this point are the ones that were like on the very first like ballot of votes, like you know, with no alternates included, like just. First ballot of votes, those are the pro bowlers. All the alternates that come in don't count in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. And on and pro I don't even consider Pro Bowl an honor. It's just a name popularity yeah. contest. All pro is the where right. the writers and, you know, the actual people that watch the game, they you know, the and obviously it's it's more select. There's less all pro positions than pro bowlers, but um but yeah, yeah so you're right. That's a real honor to be like first team all pro, like that's a real honor. Yeah. Um, but moving on now, there's always during training camp, you know, I don't know if there's any real holdouts this year. It seems like the receivers are all happy. They're all happy now. Um, <laughs> you know, they got, they got paid. Um, but some quarterbacks are definitely in some weird spots and, you know, Lamar, I don't think there's any risk of him leaving the Ravens. So to say it's not, I don't, I mean, it wouldn't be crazy if the Ravens somehow, you know, we're like, I'm tired of dealing with contract negotiations and left him after two more years. But um, what do you think ends up happening with Lamar's contract, Eric? Do you think he gets a new deal before the season starts? Um, and if not, do you think that's going to be a problem for the Ravens this year? Um, I would expect that most likely since they're already in training camp and everything now and getting ready to go into preseason and still haven't gotten a contract yet that they probably won't get one done by the time the season starts. But I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to be any problem. I haven't heard any like rumors about, Oh, like Lamar's really pissed off or Lamar doesn't want to play or, you know, anything like that. I, I think, I think, I don't think, I don't expect it to be any problem this year. Now, if it gets into, you know, the off season next year and they still haven't gotten anything, maybe then I could see it being a problem. But as for right now, I don't think it's a big deal. Connor, do you agree with that or do you disagree at all? Because I kind of disagree with Eric, but I'll, let, I'll um, see if you want to say anything first. Yeah, I would say I probably kind of disagree a little bit, too. I mean, just given his status as a, you know, a former MVP and, you know, this all worldly talent that he is <clears throat> like, I. I do think it's a little bit of a problem. And like, I know he's been, I don't know. He hasn't, <clears throat> he hasn't been vocal about leaving the team. Like, you know, some people have tried to like, you know, call him out and he'll like shut them down. But, you know, especially given for his sake that he represents himself, he doesn't have an agent. I think that's a problem when it comes to contract negotiations, like any player in my mind that doesn't have an agent is stupid. Like, unless you're, a lot of these players aren't educated enough to be, you know, their own agent and handle their finances and everything. So, you know, it's whoever, if you don't have an agent, then you're, you're being stupid and it's going to make getting a deal done harder. So the longer that it sticks around and doesn't get done, I mean, 
you know, I, I think that is a problem. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Connor for sure on this. Um, but the next guy is not necessarily fighting for a next big contract. <laughs> um, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy G. However, I think it's like 25 million or something, which for a starting quarterback, you know, that's not bad, but he's not going to be their starting starting quarterback this year. It's going to be Trey Lance. So you don't want to pay 25 million for a backup. So Eric, or, uh, or we'll start with Connor on this. Connor, do you think uh, Jimmy G gets cut? Um, do you think he takes less money to stay with the team? Does he get traded? What do you think? And if he does get cut and becomes a free agent, what are some teams that you think he could go to? I know I've heard the Texans as a possibility, um, the Giants maybe. Um, obviously, any team that gets a big injury at quarterback would would be a likely team. But what do you think uh, the market is for Jimmy G? Yeah, I'd say out of all those options, I'd say the most likely is that he gets cut just because, like, it's not going to cost the Niners as much to cut him as it would have in years past because a lot of his guaranteed money is run out at this point. So, um, and just the problem for him, especially like since he hasn't been traded yet, like there's just no one to trade him to at this point. No one wants to take on his contract. Everybody's pretty much got their quarterback situation figured out. You know, the only one that's really still questionable is the Seahawks, but you know, the Seahawks aren't going to trade for him. Like there's been rumors about that and there's like, nothing's been happening. So the Seahawks aren't going to trade for him. Um, and I said, I think he gets cut. I think I think he'll end up being one of these like um, like you said, like I'm kind of a midseason pickup. If someone has a bad injury, I think that's more so what it's going to be for him, because like I said, at this point, you know, everyone's got their situation figured out. And, you know, until someone goes down with an injury, I think he's going to be just sitting at home watching the games, you know, and then one day someone's going to give him a call and be like, hey, so, you know, um, our first and second string quarterbacks got hurt, and uh, yeah, you want to come back and play? Sure, why not? I think that's I think that's how that's going to go. I, I, I mean, I, I think as, if a starter goes down, I don't think he's going to be after a second string. He would make he would beat out pretty much every second stringer on on every oh, team. Oh yeah, but, for sure. But um, I do think it, this is not a crazy thing to say if he gets cut and then Trey Lance gets hurt. Because Trey Lanton is only two games he played last year got hurt in both of them with different injuries. So, I you know, it's, it's crazy if that <laughs> would happen, you know, how awkward it's been with him in the, in the 49ers the last few years. But, you know, if, if Trey Lance goes down, uh, you know, the Niners have nobody other than Jimmy G, uh, that's for sure. Um, so now we'll end... And we'll uh, we'll end this uh, episode off by talking about some new quarterbacks or old quarterbacks on new teams. Obviously, Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan are the two big ones. Um, so I'll just kind of ask each of you guys this question. Which of these two do you see as most likely to do what Brady and Matt Stafford did in their first year on a new team and go win a Super Bowl? Do you think, obviously... You know, Russell Wilson's probably the viewed as the better quarterback, maybe even the better team. But, um, you know, he does play in the AFC West versus Matt Ryan in the AFC South. So, Eric, which of these two would you pick to have most likely to make a Super Bowl run? Um, I 
like short term, I'd say Matt Ryan because of the better situation, but I just I still don't think it's going to happen. I I'm still going to go. You don't think it's going to happen, or you're hoping it doesn't happen? <laughs> uh, well, obviously, I'm more so hoping it doesn't happen, but but I still <laughs> I still really don't think it's going to happen. I I'm not as impressed with Matt Ryan. Uh, I know as I know, like Connor and some other people still like think he has it but and i and i don't blame matt ryan you know for everything with the falcons but i don't know matt ryan just seemed has seemed to be regressing to me somewhat and i real i just don't think he has a lot of time left in the tank so i think with him it's going to be like a now or never kind of thing like i think it's going to have to be this year but with russell wilson i still think he has enough time you know maybe denver's not gonna you know, they may not contend for a Super Bowl this year, just being in that crazy division and just how loaded the AFC is. But, but Russell Wilson's definitely more talented, and I think within the next year or two, the Broncos will get even better. And I, I can see Russell Wilson making a, you know, making another run at a Super Bowl before I see Matt Ryan doing it. All right, Connor. Same question to you. Who are you picking between these two? So. I, in my opinion, I see no chance for Matt Ryan to do it. I just, I don't think the Colts are good enough. Like, I can definitely see them winning the division and, you know, um, making it to the playoffs and possibly getting a win or two here or there. But I just don't think they're good enough. And, like, I, I agree. Like, I do still think Matt Ryan has it, but I do agree he's been regressing too. And the Colts really don't have the greatest wide receiver situation in the world. So it really makes me question, like, who he's going to be able to throw to. But, um, yeah, I definitely see, I think Russell Wilson definitely has a chance to do it with the Broncos. Like he still has quite a few more years left in him and the Broncos have a really good young team that they're building right now. Um, so I'd also agree with Eric that I don't think it'll be immediate just because, you know, while I think they're a good team, I still think they're the worst out of the four in the AFC West. So I do think they're going to miss the playoffs this year, but, you know, give them a year or two, you know, get another draft pick or two, maybe a couple other free agents here or there. And I definitely think the Broncos with Russell could be a serious contender because, you know, Russell Wilson was what was keeping that Seahawks team afloat for so long. And, you know, now that he's actually going to be in a better situation with better weapons and, you know, a actual defense because the Seahawks had no defense the last couple of years. Um, I definitely think Russell Wilson has a much better chance. And, I know everybody at home right now listening is probably screaming right now. And they're saying, what about Carson Wentz? What about Carson Wentz? And I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say, yeah, Carson Wentz. No, just kidding. Uh, yeah. Carson Wentz. I, I see, I see what you did there, Zach. You trapped me and Connor by only giving us those two options. And yeah. You yeah. Just slid in there with the Carson Wentz. Like they didn't even give us a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I like what Connor said. I think Russ is clearly the better quarterback of the two. And I think, um, I, I do think it's unlikely this year, but yeah, give it some time. I, I think the, the Broncos definitely could be a team to watch. Um, whereas the Colts just seem to be recycling these old QBs. <laughs> uh, so we'll <laughs> see how long that Carson Wentz has. and now Matt Ryan take three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yep. That'll be it guys. Thanks for listening and watching. And remember as always be clutch. Bye. Please.